Amen. Looking in back into Galatians, celebrating uh, this letter of understanding the gospel, we find definitely here in chapter 5, that first verse, you see a great emphatic statement that Paul mentions to us. He mentions to us that we have been free, you know, by Christ. Uh, for freedom's sake, Christ has set us free. Now, this summarizes within this letter what does it mean to be free. And so in that process, I want us to think for ourselves, what does it mean to be free? And so as we think about what it means to be free, think about why are we free? Who has set us free? Think about how Jesus says who the son says free is free in D. Think about how when we think of liberty and we think of freedom, we think of the opportunity that I can do what I want to do. Oh, we, we like freedom and liberty when it comes to our own inalienable rights, right? Our God-given rights. You saw those air quotations, you know, that the Constitution points out we have. So they acknowledge that there is a God, but they make up the rules that are going on. But I'm not preaching about that. I'm going to talk about how when God speaks to us and shows us his truth, and then he gives us liberty, the free will to make the choice. Now the power comes in us in choosing, are we choosing life or are we choosing death. We have the liberty to make the choice. And so the choice is based on how can I make the proper choice? How can I make the best educated decision? Think about how when you have the liberty, you have the liberty to make the choice. That means you could either choose right or you can choose wrong. Come here, our favorite, some of our favorite game shows. Uh, which door will you choose? Door number one, door number two, door number three. See, each, each door has something behind it. It showed you that there is a prize that you can't win, but you gotta choose the right door. The, the, the power is in the choice. Catch closely here. Your choice does not change what's behind the door. Your choice will just reveal what is behind your choice. The prize is there, but will you make the right selection to choose? But the problem is in making the choice is that you have not gathered enough information to make the right choice. So you're really only making an educated guess. But yet here comes other choices that come in that when you have a test of multiple choice, when you have a test of multiple choice, they give you a whole lot of answers that look right, sound right, but are not right, for there's only one that is right. And if you're like me, when you take multiple choice questions, I hate when they can say, is it A and B or all the above? That means that one of them is not right. Now, now they got me messed up because two could be right, but one definitely is not right. Which one is that one? And is it, can it be all of them then? You know, it's like, man, they're trying to trick me here. And so then we have other choices that when it comes down to say true or false. Now, I like true and false because now it's either or. So you got a 50-50 chance of getting it right. And if you know it to be true, then you don't have a question about this. You go, oh, yeah, I know that is true. But yet when it looks kind of questionable and they change up a word in there that it could be false, now you're struggling to say it sounds true, but is it true? But yet, the beautiful thing about when we take tests, whether it be multiple choice or whether it be true or false, you have access to the information. If you study, then you know the truth. 
Y'all quiet on me. If you study, then you know the answers. But yet you can't study to see what's behind the door for the game is for you to choose mm. and for you to lose. Y'all, y'all quiet on me. If they want you to win, every door will have something behind it. But you know that sometimes it has that donkey with the haystack. You don't want to take that home. We understand that in choices that there's going to be consequences. But yet here it is. God has allowed us to make the right choice by giving us the evidence to make an educated decision based on, listen closely, facts, not opinions. And so what are the facts? The facts is that there is a God. And he is one. The fact is that there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The fact is that God in his own sovereign power created the heavens and the universe. God in his own sovereign power looked and made man. Man messed up. That's a fact. The world became fallen. That's a fact. God had to say to tell man that he will sin redemption through the seed of a woman. That's a fact. The fact is that 42 generations later from then that Jesus was born and died on the cross, defeated death and rose again and seated at the right hand of the father. Tell your neighbor, that's a fact. And so if this is a fact, then our faith, our trust is on this, and therefore our faith helps us to make the right choice. So the question is, what will you choose? There was a popular song back in the day that said you can get with this or you can get with that. The choice is yours. Paul is trying to get with them to point out to them that. Remember that you have freedom. And because you have this freedom, choose wisely. Your freedom is not based on the lies of the Judaizers who are trying to tell you that you must be circumcised. Because if you must be circumcised, then you must obey the law. And if you must obey the law, then cast this. You are under the curse of the law. And if you're under the curse of the law, you mean you have to obey every part of the letter of the law. And it's already impossible to follow all of the law. Just think about how, how many of us have broken the law each and every day of our lives while we live in the state of Illinois. We don't know how you break every law. Uh, you break a law every day in the state of Illinois because you don't know all the laws. <laughs> you don't know all the laws, so therefore you are breaking a law because you just don't know what the law is. Do you, do you understand when I was in Virginia, they told me that there's called a vagrant law, that you, a, a man must have an ID and a dollar in the pocket at all times? That's a law. Vagrant laws are basically saying that if you pull, you can't walk around. But it's a law that's in the state of Virginia, but it's not enforced, but it's a law that they have. And so you think about how there's so many laws out there that we don't know about all the laws, but we know the laws that they want you to know about. Because these are ones they will fully enforce, and oftentimes they for what? Our, our betterment and the health and the safety of our community. But yet when we look closely here that Paul is pointing out to them, these legal people are trying to set laws that are not for your benefit. These laws are only will hurt your walk in Christ. Let me help you out about some laws people give you. People give you laws each and every day of how you ought to live, showing you how things will work out. You know how they tell you how karma works out. They give you this law, right? You do good, good will come back to you. So that's the law they give you, right? So you do good, good will come back to you. So my question is, when I keep on doing good and evil comes upon me, what happened to your law? 
Because I'm doing good, but things are just not working out. So something's not working out in my favor, and I'm still doing good. You So they give you kind of laws to live by, or they give you another law, like the more you give, the more you're going to give back. Well, I've given up a million dollars, but I've never seen. Mm, 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 mm. We, we can keep on looking and make up laws or tell you how to live by, but let me help you out that God has given us his law. And his law points out to us that these are the rules to reveal who I am. Hallelujah. And he gave the law to the Jews, but yet Christ came to fulfill the law, which means that we no longer have to go and make sacrifices every time we break a law because Jesus died once and for. What does that mean? That means this, that the law shows me my sin and Christ shows me my grace. So I can stay in the law and be captive to sin or I can walk by grace realizing that now I am free from the law. Because look what the law does. The law will make you feel guilt and shame. Because if you don't know all the law, you're always going to feel guilty. You're always going to feel shameful for you don't know what you broke. And so you therefore, just like Job, if you read, have anybody here read Job? Anybody read Job? And if you, if you have not read Job, go back and read at the beginning of Job. It says, Job was a righteous man and he made sacrifices every day just in case his children sinned. He said, Justin Gaker, he said, I know they've done something wrong. I don't know exactly what it is, but I want my house to be covered. So let me make a sacrifice unto God. How much more true in our lives than when we wake up in the morning, we just feel something bad about ourselves. Like, I don't know what I did, but I just feel bad. And yet I said, Lord, forgive me and I feel better. How do I, and so go back again that the law removes faith. The law goes back to what I do makes me right, while faith in Christ realizes what Christ has done makes me right. So the freedom comes based on our faith. Tell your neighbor, faith counts. Because if, if faith is what matters, it's not whether I am religious or not religious. Y'all see that there in the text? He says, whether you are circumcised or uncircumcised, it does not matter. What matters is faith. What counts is faith. Let me help you out real close. Listen to me. Here it is. How great is God's love? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. All right. Romans tells us that while we were yet still sinners, he died for us listen closely to listen closely so here it is where does love uh, the love of god change it's the same love when we were enemies and sinners is the same love we have through salvation so so if i do more good is god going to love me more Mm. Mm. And then Cass says, even if I sin, will God love me less? Y'all quiet on me. Where does God's love change? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. It also points out to us, while we were yet still sinners, not living a righteous life, he died for us. Why did he die for us? Because he loves us. Pointing out clearly here that he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. He does not love me because. He doesn't love me because I gave. He loves me because he loves. 
And so therefore, if he loves me because he loves, I should make up my mind to just do what he asks me to do. And check this out. So therefore, I don't do things to get more love. I do things because he loves me. And because he loves me, it changes my perspective that I don't come to church just to get a perfect attendance. I don't give just to tell everybody how much I give. I give because he loves me. I come because he loves me. Anybody here wait for your best friend to give you invitation to come to their house? If that's your best friend, you sow where you want to sow up. You knock where you want to knock. You just come on over and say, here I am. I'm right here. If they don't got time for you, say, well, I'll come back later. <laughs> Think about how when you have a relationship with somebody, you don't ask permission. You just show up and enjoy their company because you feel they feel the same way. Check this out. God loves you so much. You have to do things for his permission. He loves you anyhow. And so you show up because you love him. Think about how you feel good when people love you. They come by to visit you. They check on you. They call you. Now, modern day technology, where they treat you, they Facebook you, they send a text to you, they Instagram you, do anything to let you know, I'm thinking of you. I, I, I love you. For example, this morning, my, my wife is spending time with her family, and they, as they celebrate Mother's Day with their nephew and niece as they are you know, still trying to help them go over as they lost their own mother. But yet, since my wife was gone, I could still have a way to communicate to her, say, I miss you, I love you, happy Mother's Day. I was able to call, tweet, text, but make sure she got the message. <laughs> Any married folks in the house, y'all know what I mean. And, and the same way for my mother, who is not with me either, and she's in another state, I was able to call, text, let her know the same way. Happy Mother's Day, I love you. Let me tell you, I, I don't do it just to get cookies. I don't do it just to get brownie points. I do it because I love them. And Cassis, Cassis, they love me too. Here it is, here it is. If you love God, you don't do things for him to give you stuff. He's already given you enough. You do it just because he loves you. And so all my basis for this love that we have in God is based on our faith. So tell your neighbor, faith counts. So if you, if you have faith that God loves you unconditionally, then allow that faith be the, be the education that gives you the foundation of making the right decisions. So now here it comes when you have multiple choice questions or you have true or false, you have something to fall back on and say, no, I will wait on the truth. Look closely in the text it says that we wait patiently on the hope that God has promised us or, or what he or what our hope is or what he has promised us. Hope there can be translated as what he's promised us, pointing out clearly to this, that we have our faith in God and what he has promised us. Mm. God has already done his work. He's not going to change. He's already done his work. And listen closely. Jesus made it clear to us. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can get to the Father but through me. This is what Jesus says. So Jesus is pointing out to them that if you have faith in me, you have access to the Father. But if you do not have faith in me, you don't have access to the Father. He says, if you abide in me, then I will uh, abide in you. And listen closely, if you are abiding in him, he says that anything you ask in my name, 
It seems seem y'all, y'all got quiet on me. Just go, go back in, in John 14th chapter, read to the, to the 17th chapter, and look how Jesus is teaching how if you are connected with me, and if you've seen me, if you've been with me, then you've seen the Father. For I and the Father am one. He points out to them that if you abide in me, I will abide in you before I am the true vine, you are the branches. And if you want fruit in your lives, the branch must be connected to the vine. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you're not with me, I'm going to help you out that you need to get with me because I'm trying to show you how to get with Christ. Because Christ is making a clip. You want to see the Father, you first must see me. And if you don't see me, you won't see the Father. And so if you believe in Christ, then you must have your faith in him. So if your faith is in him, now here comes the issue of application. If your faith is in him, then look what you have. You have liberty. And since you have liberty, that means, you know what? I can do what I want, which is true. You can do what you want. But yet there's consequences for your actions. He makes it clear. Don't get caught up because you've been saved by grace that you can do what you want. I want you to understand here that, yes, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But here we come to the issue that how does someone know that they are saved? Well, we say, well, if I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord, what? I shall be saved. So if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and say you shall be saved, listen closely here. How do you know that you are saved? It's based on your faith. And so if you believe that Jesus is Lord, then something should shift in your life. And the shift does not happen in you. It happens in you because of the Holy Spirit. And so when you place your faith in Christ, then you have access to the Father who gives us, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit that renew our mind, that change us. So therefore, we're no longer living by the flesh, but we're living by the Spirit. And so going back again, that how do I know that I'm saved? Because I trust in what God says. And God says that if I give my life to him, I have eternal life. And since I have eternal life, because how much he loves me, I ought to show how I love him. Because he's given me a new command. This new command I give you, love your neighbor as you love yourself. No greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. Do you listen closely in that text to see that? He did, Jesus did not say, you got to show great love. He says, no great love. And he says, I've shown you ultimate love. I've shown you the greatest love. You can't do what I'm going to do, but yet I'm going to empower you to do it to one to another. Mm. And so I want you to highlight to us that we don't have to go extreme in our love, say, I got to do this. He says, I've already shown you enough love. It's not showing you enough love. I've given you the power, hallelujah, through the Spirit to show that same love. And when you show that same love, you're doing it because you're connected in him and through him, doing it on faith. Tell your neighbor, by faith. Because think about how your faith moves you to do the things you have because it's, you made an educated decision that God is real. And since he is real, everything he says must be real. And so let me not live a rebellious life. Let me not abuse God's grace like the prodigal son. Anybody here familiar with the prodigal son? Uh, the prodigal son story tells about two sons, and 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 one son decided, I, 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 the youngest son decided, I'm 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 good, daddy. You've been good to me. Now give me my stuff so I can go. 
He wasn't even mature yet. He just says, I'm good, Daddy. Give me my stuff so I can go. And he took what the father gave him, and he squandered everything that he had. And then he came to his senses and says, in my father's house, even the slaves have more than what I have now. Let me go back to my father's house and come back as a slave. So the, he comes back as a slave. The father runs out and greets him and restores him. What does that mean? It means this, this, that even in our grace that we haven't got and we mess it up and we abuse it, we're going to suffer the consequences. But yet it does not separate us from God that we can still go back and he will restore us. Why? Because his love never changes. Mm. And so here it is that let me not abuse the grace that God has given me by living a rebellious, righteous life because I have his grace. Because I have his grace, I should be moved to live a life that shows how much I love him. Think how we have relationships and how can a husband and a wife say they love each other but do everything in their actions to show that they don't love each other. Something's not adding up. Oh, I love you, but I'm never going to be faithful. I love you, but I'm never going to come home. I love you, but I'm never going to share with you. Something's not adding up here. How you say you love me and you made these commitments before God and the people that you will honor and cherish me till death do us apart. But as soon as you said I do, you started doing I don't. Because it's not the words that change. It's the actions that need to change. We cannot just say I love the Lord and our actions have not changed. Because we did not really believe in what we were saying. If you believe in what you were saying, you are honoring. Think about how we want to take people at their words, but we really don't. So we make them write it down so it'll be binding in court. Y'all quiet on me. If you write it down, it's binding in court. You can say we shook hands on it. That means nothing. Do you have any written proof of it? Mm. Let me help you out in how things work in the kingdom of God. What makes things binding in the kingdom of God? One thing make things bind in the kingdom of God is your word. And yet they use something to, to write it out, and it's called blood. In God's covenant, in the beginning with Abraham, he told him, I make a covenant that you'll be my people. And God confirmed the covenant, made it final when he put him asleep. And, he, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the animal that was slain, God passed through it, through the blood. He made the covenant. God makes his covenant final by his word and by the blood of Jesus. And here it is. Here it is. All we have to do to come a part of this covenant is have faith that the blood still works. And so when we confess, check this out. All we need is our word. God has done the writing. Some of y'all didn't cast the writing. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about the writing. When you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, your name is written. In the Lamb's Book of Life. And some of you say, what do you mean by the Lamb's Book of Life? Well, at the end, there's going to be two books opened up. And, and if your book is in the Lamb's Book of Life, you are on the good side. Uh, but if your name can't be found in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you're going to be opened up, going to be judged by your deeds and thrown into the abyss. Now, if you don't understand what I'm saying, go read Revelation 20 and 20 to 21 and look about where the big white throne comes up. But yet, if you don't want to worry about that, just learn Jesus. 
Because when you place your faith in him, you're not concerned of the judgment that's going to come. You are just concerned of him coming back again. Because when he comes back again, all our troubles, all our worries, all our pains will be over and will be transformed and made in the image of our true and living God to be forever with him. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's what we believe in the what has hindered you. What has been your roadblock? What has cut it into the way to stop you running what you began running so well? Do you see that there in the text? And you can't blame God. People want to blame God for when things don't work right in their lives. Oh, he doesn't love me. I already made that argument clear. He loves me. Oh, God is not good. No, no, I didn't make that argument. I'm going to let you know he is good. Oh, this world is not fair. Now you're hitting on something. Yeah, this world's not fair. <laughs> this world is fallen. It's full of evil and wickedness. And for that reason, a righteous God stepped in. And since a righteous God has stepped in, he stepped in to take what was wrong to make it right. And I want you to understand that while you're in this world, it won't be made right till he comes back again. But so we are constantly going through growing pains and changing and just waiting for one day him to put a cease to all of that that will forever be made in a new glorious body. And so think about what has hindered you running this race. It has not been God. It has been doubt. It has been doubt. How, how can you say it has been doubt? I, I talked about the argument earlier that faith counts. And so the opposite of faith is doubt. It's impossible for a man to please God without faith. He must earnestly believe who he is and earnestly seek after him. But if you don't believe, then you have doubt. And absence of faith is doubt. And doubt leads to sin. Think about how we got wrong answers, wrong choices because of doubt. I don't know if this is the right one. You make the wrong one anyway. Just use this as your cast phrase in your life. When in doubt, throw it out. When you have doubt about something, take your time to make the right decision. Don't rush to make the wrong decision. When in doubt, throw it out. Now, I know those who are playing cards and may play spades, you know, they say you think wrong, you play wrong. No, I think, hey, come on, come on. I, I, you my part of think wrong. Make, make the right decision. Don't let them force you. <laughs> take your time. Make the right decision. Here's another principle to add on to your life. Think about this. Never, never, never make a, a, a answer, an answer to a question right away. If somebody asks you something, take some time to think about it. Because here it is. This, here's some things we do. Let me give you a light one, for example. Can you come to my birthday party morning? Yes, I can. You, you look at your schedule, find out you got an appointment. Now, are you a liar? No, you're not a liar. You just said something you can't accomplish. Now you got to apologize and say, I was going to come. Oh, you're not my friend anymore. You don't like me. Oh, man. And so when you think before, check this out. You can say, let me check to see if I can come. Now they understand. Same way in our lives with the Lord. Let us realize, God, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to do anything to offend you. So let me search your word and make sure I make the right decisions. Let me make sure this is according to your will, according to your plan, that I am not upsetting your agenda, that I get off the wrong track, and I have a whole bunch of excuses that I got to make up. Do you understand how when you're on his race, you're going where he wants you to go, but you, when you allow doubt to sit in, then you get distracted. 
And when you get distracted, you take your eyes off. That's why they talk about how you should not text and drive. Just one second off the road can change your whole direction. You, you, you think you're driving straight. Your car is going to the left. It's going to the right. You think, I'm going to be there right now. No, you're not. You're about to get in an accident. You better put your head up. So the same circumstances in our lives that we need to understand. We need to remove the obstacles, remove the hindrances. Lord, this has caused me to get in the wrong way, but let me turn my eyes back on you. Because faith counts. And so when I remove this doubt, I remove trying to please you by trying to earn your love, realizing I already have your love. So my faith is built on nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but only lean on Jesus' name. Listen closely. I only lean, I trust, and, I be, and my faith and my hope is built upon him. Not allowing doubt be a little bit of that yeast to leaven the whole loaf. All it takes is a little bit to get everything gone. But yet his truth, oh hallelujah, can expel the yeast and preserve us and change us. So don't let the enemy get a foothold. Don't let him use a crack to get in. But say, Lord, I'm going to stand on your rock. I'm going to be stand and I'm going to be firm. I'm going to be aggressively seeking after you. So Paul points out that we have freedom because our faith counts. And our faith, he summarized, is in the cross. He says to them that if I was not preaching the cross, I would not be being persecuted. But I am being persecuted because I'm not preaching circumcision, but I'm preaching the cross. Here today, I want you to hear the cross message. Jesus says that if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow after me. So if you believe that Jesus Christ will love you, then you must believe this statement. And therefore, if you believe this statement, you find out that it's a daily action of activity you must do of every morning you wake up denying yourself. Picking up your cross, submitting to his will, and following his precepts. The law has great moral code for us. The law shows us how we give holiness and honor unto God. And Jesus did not abolish the law. He fulfilled the law, showing us that we don't have to make sacrifices anymore, but he is the ultimate sacrifice. But yet, in order for us to understand who God is, to understand covetedness, adultery, lasciviousness, stealing, idolatry, I look upon the law, and it breaks my heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It convicts our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It chastises our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then it encourages us. It reproves us. It challenges us. Say, Lord, I give myself away. So you can use me. So is your faith in the cross? Is your faith in the Lord? Is your faith in Christ? Because if your faith in Christ, hope you heard what I was saying, then your faith will equal your actions. Because faith counts. Let us pray, Father.